Hello and welcome to the Scarlet Nation podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Chris Akonis. I am joined by Bobby Darren. We are live at SHI Stadium following the Scarlet Knights' 36-7 win over Temple. Scarlet Knights now 2-0 on the season. Another out-of-conference win in the second Greg Schiano era. Rutgers hasn't lost one of those games yet since he came back. And, you know, another good win, convincing win for the Scarlet Knights, Bobby. Yeah, and, you know, it was an interesting game because it was, you know, a lot of scoring in the fourth quarter. You know, we look at the scores, 13-0 going into the fourth. You think, ah, Rutgers will close this out, low-scoring game, and then, boom, 23 points from Rutgers, a touchdown from Temple. Um, I think Rutgers just wore them down, Chris, and, and by the end, you saw the offensive line just leaning on them. Kyle Manungai was running strong. And Temple had no answer for Rutgers in the fourth quarter. And I think until then, it was kind of, a, you know, Rutgers came out similar to the way they did against Northwestern. Came out and, and scored early and, and looked good on offense. But then all of a sudden, it kind of went into safe mode again. Relied on that defense, which played, you know, another excellent game. And, um, you know, then, then, and then it kind of came to life when, when it was 13-7. So um, I, I think it's a good win. You know, any win's a good win, Chris. And, um, you know, fans got to be happy. 36 to seven right two and oh yeah exactly and um i think you touched on a good point there bobby it felt going into the last 15 minutes this was going to end up like the northwestern game a you know 20 to 7 23 to 7 whatever you may have it um but there were really i think two key turning points one right after the other first temple down 13 nothing driving down the field it was third and goal i believe at the two yard line and then you have back-to-back um sack and then a uh, breakup in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. from Flip Dixon and that you felt like kind of energized him a bit on defense kept right. the shutout alive um, and, and that was really the I mean there were a few wow moments in the defense but that was the one where you were really like okay mm-hmm. this Rutgers defense can really come up big in those key moments. Yeah and, and you know it was first and goal from the four I believe and, and then they had the third and and two, uh, you know, third and goal from the two. But, uh, you know, preceding that was was that uh, a fumble. It was right in front of us in the press box. It was a fumble. And uh, they said the four progress, progress was stopped. But Flip Dixon and Shaquan Loyal made the play. Greg Shiano was irate. And um, I think the refs really missed the call. It was a Big Ten ref crew, too. It didn't seem like they were giving the breaks to Rutgers. It looked like, uh, uh, what's Temple in the American still? Uh, American Athletic Conference, uh, yes. I can't keep track of all those little conferences. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, you would think the refs were in that conference. I mean, we watched that play. They were showing on the replay. Kudos to the to the staff here. They kept showing it. And, um, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, gave Temple a little life because they drove down the field there. And until then, they really weren't able to do anything. E.J. Warner was held in check, and, and Rutgers did a great job. But, um, you know, allowed them to go down the field, but stopped when they needed to. And, and I think what you see there when they stop them, that's kind of – the, the makeup of this Rutgers team. You rely on that defense to get stops when it's needed. You know what I mean? Almost 300 yards they gave up tonight, but you looked at it and they controlled the game. And I don't think there was ever a point where I felt like, wow, Rutgers is going to lose this game. Yeah, but there were there was a moment, I think, after 13-7 where the, you felt the nervousness in the stadium start to rise a bit. Um, but then, you know, you have um, that stop. And then you had what I thought was the real spark that really got this offense going down the stretch, um, that uh, touchdown drive. Um, you had that big connection to, to Jaquay Jackson from Gavin Wimsett on uh, the first play of the drive. And then Kyle Manungai finishes with 57 yards on that drive alone. He finished with 
um, 165 in the game. But he just took over at that point. Rutgers goes back up multiple scores, and it kind of just spiraled from there. And that, I think, was really the turning point if I had to pinpoint one in this game. Yeah, and you know, that, that's what Kyle Manungai is built for, that downhill type of north-south running. Uh, he got stronger as the game went on, and, you know, that Temple defense was just getting weak and weak, and, and they were getting gassed, and, and, and the linemen were leaning on him. And Nungai, he was running tough. I mean, he really ran hard and got the bulk of his yards in that fourth quarter. That drive, he had 57 yards on five carries, and he was just tough to bring down. Uh, just, you know, he, he's what Rutgers needed at that moment in the game. And, um, you know, kudos to, uh, the, to Kirk Soraka for calling that. I, I thought he went a little conservative again. I know and myself included would like to see him open things up a little more. Uh, and, I mean, Gavin Wimsett was eight of his first ten and then, you know, was one of his next nine. It just felt like he was a little disjointed there for a while, Chris. Yeah, and then the other thing that stood out to me um, when you talk about Wimsett is, um, and part of this was the play call, it got more run-oriented as the half wore on. But in the beginning, you saw some really good throws from Gavin Wimsett. Throws that, you know, Bobby, you're going back in your recent memory covering the team. You just haven't seen Rutgers quarterbacks be able to make. Uh, and you really saw the best of Gavin Wimsett. And then... I don't even want to say it was the bad necessarily. There weren't really a lot of throws where you were like, oh, that was an objectively bad throw. It was just, like you said, a bit disjointed. Mm -hmm. Um, Plays just weren't getting connected. The run game was still solid, but when Rutgers needed a big pass, a big uh, conversion for that stretch in the third quarter, they just didn't have it. And that's when things really started to get into a lull. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then really just down the stretch, uh, the running game really took over. But um, I'm curious to get your thoughts a bit, a little more in deep on on what you saw from Gavin Wimsett tonight. You know, he, he came out and really controlled the, the tempo and, and managed the game really well. Eight for ten, he looked like a, a dynamic quarterback. And then and I thought the play calling didn't do him a lot of justice. You know, it, it just were running the ball. Here, let's try and mix in a throw here and there. And, and it looked like it, it kind of threw off his rhythm a little bit, you know. And, and um, I, I know the game plan and Rutgers will want to run the ball, rely on their defense. I get it, but um, – you know, I would have liked to see some more passes mixed in there, even some short passes, you know, some safer ones, you know. So he finished 10 of 21 for, you know, um, 198 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions again. I, I think you're seeing a smarter Gavin Wimsett. I think you're, even with the way he runs, um, you know, he, he gets down when he needs to. And I asked him about that after the game, and, and he said it's something I'm, I'm a lot more conscious of and, and something that he's really mindful of, not taking the hits. I'm not too crazy about some of those designed runs for him Late in the game, down by the goal line, where he's going in and getting, you know, mushed in a pile like that. I don't, I, I wouldn't call those plays. But again, I'm not the OC. I, I don't make as much as, as he does. But I, I think it was a positive step forward for him. Um, and, and I think you see his growth and maturity. He's a leader. Uh, and that play to, to, to Jaquay, like you mentioned, I mean, that was a thing of beauty, that, that 61 yarder. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when we start talking about, uh, you know, players that, that, that are worth mentioning the game, Jaquay Jackson is a guy that came in and a lot of expectations, you know, first game he got he got his bell rung and didn't play much after that on that one pass. And so it was nice to see him kind of really emerge and, and, and really start to show what he can do. I think he's going to be a big part of this offense moving forward, Chris. And that was something that Greg Shano alluded to in the post, uh, post-game presser. After we had asked our questions, he had said a couple – I want to have a couple notes. And the one thing he said um, about Jaquay Jackson was um, he said something to the effect of, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this coming, 
but I saw this coming. He had confidence that Jaquay Jackson uh, was going to be a guy that could have a big, impactful game uh, for the Scarlet Knights, and he finished four uh, receptions, team-high four receptions for uh, 95 yards. No touchdowns, but some big impact plays. And, um, and you were very high on Jaquay Jackson coming right. out of, um, you know, into the transfer portal, coming to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. You started to see what he could really do, Bobby. Yeah, he does a lot, and... Um I think as the year goes on, he's going to be that go-to guy there because he can get the, the separation downfield. He has the speed. He can make those plays. You see, even Gavin's starting to feel comfortable on those out routes and, and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, and we had mentioned that he was a little dinged up in camp. And um, Greg even said that tonight. You know, he was dealing with a little bit of injury. So um, he's fully healthy, and, and they're going to need him. I mean, he's a, he's a big play guy. and. And uh, they're going to need more big plays like they had from him. But, um, you know, there, there were some good performances all around. You know, uh, special teams did a great job again. Flynn Appleby uh, is proving to be a, a good replacement for Adam Corsak. I mean, I don't think there ever will be a, another Adam Corsak, but he's, he's not letting return yards up. He's getting the ball down. He's getting the rolls. He's getting the Corsak rolls. <laughs> I don't know if he learned that or, you know, Corsak taught him that. But, you know, uh, and, and uh, Jay Patel, you know, three field goals, a 51-yarder, a 43-yarder. Um, you talk to him after the game i mean what was his reaction to, to all this chris yeah jay patel very uh level-headed for someone who uh you know is really a, a, a freshman redshirt freshman was with the program last year didn't play mm-hmm. um but just very calm you know i asked him you know when you had that first um first kick 51 yarder you know, did that sort of build confidence and he said not quite he sort of looks at each kick as its own entity um, and that paid off for him. Two, his first two makes were from f- over 40 yards. It was a 51-yarder and a 43-yarder. Mm-hmm. Then he had a chip shot later in the game as Rutgers was starting to add to their lead. But you saw why he was so highly sought after. I, I, we talk about it often you know, off, off mic, off uh, the boards. Um, this is a kicker that was on official visits, that was being treated like you would expect a you know, typical skill, offensive line, whatever he may be, recruit, which you don't often see for kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you see why. You see that he is capable of putting together a performance like that. And, of course, he's still redshirt freshman, a lot of growing to do. But and Greg, another thing Greg Shannon said, which kind of took me aback, he had named publicly Patel the starting place kicker in uh, training camp, but he said he really won the job in the spring, which I thought uh, was really telling in terms of just, you know, how quickly he's adjusted to the college game and, you know, how high his ceiling could be as well. Yeah, and, you know, it was a close competition because Jude McAdamy, he he really – uh, was was good too in in the spring and you know they were kicking long field goals I think Jay is just a little bit better directionally kicking but you see Jude's leg strength I mean he's had touchbacks all year I don't think anybody they don't have a return yard against against Rutgers in in the two games you know all the kickoffs that have gone uh, in the Northwestern game and the Temple game they're all going to end zone. So you don't even have to worry about the kickoff unit. So that's another positive. Special teams got an A in my book. And, um, you know, I think the defense had a lot of standout players. But, you know, a couple I wanted to mention first is Mohamed Touré. Um, You saw him playing linebacker and defensive end. Um, You saw him rushing the quarterback from the linebacker spot and the end position. You know, finished with, I believe, seven tackles. But just looked fast. Looked all over. You know, he, he looked like a a better version of, of the player I've seen in the past. And he was two-time sack leader uh, in two separate years. So I, I think he deserves credit for, for what he did. And really, he, he allowed them to bring three linebackers on the field, Chris. It's something you don't see too often. You know, you had Deion Jennings and Tyreen Powell out there at times together. And, and it really allows that 
defensive, uh, you know, coaching staff to mix things up a bit. Um, and also wanted to mention Shaquan Loyal, you know, almost had another pick six two years in a row against Temple. And uh, he closes really well. You see the good angles he takes. And, and I just think he's got a bright future. Yeah, and I, I joked to you after he made that interception. I said, Shaquan Loyal, probably not too popular in the Temple uh, circles <laughs> right now uh, after those two years. But a couple of guys, as you had mentioned, really key defensive player. And, and the other thing that uh, I thought was interesting is you had those guys, but you also had a lot of players that you know maybe didn't have a ton of flashy plays, mm-hmm. um, especially in the first half. But it was just good, solid, consistent defense. Rutgers was containing Temple defensively, and especially in the uh, run game, didn't uh, um, you know really didn't allow too too much at all um, from Temple. But uh, Flip Dixon, of course, you know, we talked about it before. Um, those two plays change the game Mm -hmm. i feel like and and, you know because if temple gets you know a touchdown there it sort of changes the complexion of the game it changes how you manage the game if you're rutgers maybe you're taking more shots maybe you're not running the ball maybe my guy doesn't find himself in a position to have five carries for 57 yards and who knows how things go little moments like that can sort of have a butterfly effect uh, across the rest of the game and i think we saw that there um so I, i i thought that was if i had to pick a moment of the game um that would be it bobby any other players that, that you think really stood out to you? They, they were my, my main guys. I mean, you obviously have the Manon guy. I mean, I have to look again and watch it for the offensive line and really break it down. But I, I think that unit could use a little boost. You know, I was a little disappointed in Holland Pierce's play. He's supposed to be coming in the leader, and there were some plays he was just missing guys on, you know. Um, but, you know, you look at the linebackers, Tyreen Powell, Deion Jennings had another big game. Um, defensive line, you're, you're not getting the individual numbers from a lot of guys, but they're effective. You know, that pass rushes. Uh, but today, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't as as uh instrumental because they get the, rid of the ball so quickly you know greg shiano said after the game ej warner gets rid of the ball faster than than any other quarterback i think he, would he have a two point seconds he said 2.1 2. 1. yes so um you know it, it was a little different dynamic but uh you know the, the coverage did, a, did an excellent job i think they got hosed on a few calls there i thought the refs were terrible um you know uh, max melton played like he should like you thought he would robert longer beams playing at a high level eric rogers broke up that first pass of the game forced the first punt um you know i think he's got a bright future the safety unit i really like you know i mentioned loyal uh desmond ignusen only sack of the night you saw how quickly he can close uh he can really lower the boom and in some places where some plays where you know a quarterback or somebody will elude a guy with a little move you know it, it doesn't happen with him often so um you know excited about that unit because i, I think with flip and Desmond and Shaquan, I think they're going to be an upgrade at the safety position. That's saying a lot when you had Christian Izzy in there last year. So um, all around, good game. Rashad Rochelle caught the ball. I mean, they put him back out there. Greg Schiano showed confidence in him after two muffs last week. And if he doesn't fumble that one ball, that's probably a shutout. But Greg Schiano puts him back out there, shows the confidence in him, and you saw him really concentrate on those balls, Chris. And, and I think it's worth noting that, that he really did a good job fielding uh, the kickoffs and punts when he did. And, um, you know, just, just a good all-around performance and and it was one of those games I never felt was in danger of of Rutgers losing to Temple I mean yes they came back 13-7 but you saw Rutgers just step on the gas and put the put their foot on their throat and and um you know 2-0 not much you can ask for in the two games Chris it's uh 60 to 14 the 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 combined scores so (laughs) it's a good start for Rutgers 
Yeah, good start for Rutgers. And up next, coming into town, is old Big East foe, Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, they were coming off a, a really weird game where they had, I think it was a five-and-a-half-hour uh, um, thunder delay and weather yes. being a factor in several games up and down the East Coast. Uh, fortunately, not in this one, being a night kickoff with some bad storms coming in. Um, a chance for Rutgers to, if they execute well in that game, it's going to be a step up, I think, compared to Temple and Northwestern. But if Rutgers clicks and they can get – things going you have a chance to you know be three and oh after three weeks that's got to be something um on the minds of every everyone involved with the team and a chance for this team to really continue to build some momentum as they um get through the home stretch of september yeah and uh, you know it will i think it will be the toughest of the three so far but Rutgers is building confidence gaining momentum using the home field advantage um greg shano talked about that tonight the student section being there when the team came out for for you know for not the first was it the first warm-ups they came out for whatever warm-ups they came out for you know they, they were there they were loud and they're utilizing the home field and um you know if, if they play their cards right three and oh going into michigan and then you know your game with wagner you know whatever happens in michigan whatever but you know you could be four and one going in that, that that's what kind of everybody hoped for so um it's definitely a good start to the season for um for this Rutgers team chris it was a good win tonight and uh, a really good start to the season 36 to 7, your final Rutgers with the win over Temple. Scarlet Knights now 2 0 on the season with a matchup against Virginia Tech at SHI Stadium uh, next Saturday afternoon. Um, that does it for us here on our Scarlet Nation post game podcast, Scarlet Nation After Dark, whatever you want to call it. Um, as we're recording this here at SHI Stadium. Uh, as a reminder, you can always get the latest Rutgers football, basketball news at ScarlNation.com. You can also interact with Bobby, yours truly, Brian Doan, everyone else at the message boards as well. Um, so be sure to keep it there. And we'll talk to you next time. Once again, Rutgers 36, Temple 7, as you've been listening to the Scarlet Nation podcast.